Hey, Sam. Hey, Luke. What's, uh, what's wrong, buddy? I just watched the hit 2004 film Troy starring Brad Pitt and Eric Bana, but I don't know if it's accurate at all. Hey, we've all been there, friend. This has you pretty messed up, huh? Well, I have good news for you. Ah! Jesus! I'm a doctor. Of medicine? Even better, classics. And I have all the answers for your burning questions about myths, ancient Greco-Roman history, and the movies. Where can we get this incredible medicine? Over on the podcast, Greased Lightning. It's on all your favorite podcatchers. It will be the sweet ambrosia of the gods. New episodes every other Monday. Eat your vitamins, say your prayers, and stick it straight up all your candy asses! And you never let The Rock make his pancakes, did you? You wanted The Rock to make chocolate chip cookies, blueberry muffins, but never pancakes. Go get me a cheeseburger. Go get The Rock a cheeseburger. No ketchup. You mind uh, giving a little blow just one time for The Rock? The Rock, ask you something. You ready to go out there and whoop some ass? You ready to go out there and whoop candy ass? Let's get ready to podcast! Hanksy Banksy Rock Bottom is a podcast where two dumb idiot best friends put Tom Hanks in a headlock and are about to be choke slammed by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm Sam Siegel, and I can smell The Rock is cooking. A quiche with a hidden microphone baked right inside. Ooh. And I am Luke Patrick. I'm the other idiot. Uh, this week I'm Agent 69. Agent Ooh, yeah. 69. Can I be Agent 420? You absolutely can be Agent 420. Please. Fuck yeah. 420 and 69 coming to you <laughs> right over those audio waves. <laughs> Sam, something's different this week. Something's a little different this week because, Luke, uh, I'm reporting on location from undisclosed location. Mm. And, uh, boy, let me tell you, it is a nice little vacation I got myself here. Um, I am I am looking out at the uh, bluffs, I would call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, got, I got a little fire going next to me. I'm wrapped up in a blanket. Oh, it's good. Nice, good, man. man. Nice. So you're you're on vacation for a couple days. Yeah, uh, yeah. And for the second time in podcast history, you are recording outside, just mm-hmm. holding the microphone. Uh, yeah, just outside, microphone in hand. No, uh, no microphone sock on it because I couldn't find it as I was leaving the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there is one cabin next to us, but I don't think they're outside. So hopefully they didn't hear the intro of this. Um, it's also silent in this sort of valley that I'm at the top of. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> so I kind of like to think that uh, someone at one of these farms out here did just hear on the wind, let's get ready to podcast. Yeah, just sort of yodeled through the mountains. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Nice. Well, I'm glad you're getting some R&R, and I appreciate the dedication to this project that you're willing to record, sort oh. of. While you're it, taking this rest, I couldn't miss the opportunity mm-hmm. to to record out here. Uh, it it felt like the right thing to do. Yeah, for sure. So again, much appreciated. And for the listeners at home, this is the kind of sacrifice that we we provide for you mm-hmm. is uh, even recording on vacation. So thank you, yeah. Sam, and you're welcome, <laughs> listeners at home. Yeah, so, such is my dedication to this. Yeah. A, uh, a highly successful podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, speaking <laughs> of, uh, this week, uh, Luke, we did watch uh, 2008's Get Smart. Mm-hmm. And, Luke, I got to know, how was that watch of yours? Man, man, let me tell you. My watch was actually pretty smooth this week. So, we finished Chucky. I've been watching the Chucky TV show. Uh, mm-hmm. And the season finale just came out, so we finished that up, uh, me and the roomie. And then, um, yeah, immediately afterward, it was like 8 o'clock, and I was like, shit, I have to watch Get Smart. <laughs> to which she said, well, it's just 8 o'clock. And I was like, yeah, you have a point. And I didn't want to watch it this morning, so I did 
begrudgingly rent it from Amazon and then boot it up at eight at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a two hour movie. So I didn't finish until 10. Uh, it's just sort of washed over me. If I'm honest, uh, my roomie did hang out with me the entire time. So two of us were suggested or s- suggested were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Subjected. subjected yes. Subjected <laughs> to this movie. Uh, I'm smart. And yeah, it was fine. It was fine. Mm-hmm. It came and it went, uh, much like Santa Claus on Christmas Eve, sort of yes. bumbled into my house, knocked a few things over, and then left out the front door. Ate some uh, sweets of yours? Ate some sweets, yeah. Left a few things behind, some of which were good, some of which were bad. Uh, you know, classic Santa stuff, I mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's I believe that's what he does. Yeah. I mean I but, I wouldn't know. He's <laughs> never been to my house. <laughs> yeah. Um but Sam, that was my watch. I'm very curious to hear how your remote watch was this week. Yeah, so um to be perfectly honest, we didn't know what the situation was gonna be like once I got up here. Um, because it is it is pretty rural. Um and didn't really know what the internet situation was going to be like. Didn't know what the TV situation was going to be like. Uh, so we got up here. There's a TV up here, but um, it doesn't. It doesn't have. It's not connected to the internet. And mm-hmm. we didn't bring any. Um, didn't bring any like HDMI cables or anything like that. So uh, did. Uh, I was too tired to watch last night. Because, uh, you know, drove drove a uh, hundred or so miles away. And I'm sorry, it is windy out here. Uh, so this audio is going to be junk, but I don't care. Could I go inside? Sure. Will I? No. Uh, it's too cozy and beautiful out here. Yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, I woke up this morning and, oh, a hawk. Oh, my God, there's a hawk out here. Man. Nice. So Ooh, focused this week. Mm-hmm. Luke, I'm telling you, you see a hawk, you watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, fuck, there's another one. So I, I watched it this morning on my wife's laptop, and I got to tell you, the quality was not great. Like, mm-hmm. not necessarily in terms of resolution, but in terms of brightness and audio. Mm. I don't know if it's my wife's computer or if it's Amazon or what, but I could barely hear the dialogue. Um, and every scene was so dark that I thanked God that I had seen this movie a few times before because otherwise I think I would be fairly confused about what was going on. Yeah, and you're a man who famously refuses to turn on subtitles. Yeah, so. won't do it. Well, again, this is one where I don't need it. Yeah. Um, had I had I been watching a movie that I hadn't seen before. Uh, yeah, I'd probably have turned on the subtitles. Yeah. So uh, I, I even put on, like, headphones and, and mm-hmm. used the headphones to watch instead of the terrible laptop speakers. And even then, the sound mixing just felt very off to me. The music mm. was really loud. The dialogue was really quiet. I don't know what old Jeff Bezos is doing over there, but he ain't mixing these right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that idea, the Jeffrey Bezos in between flying to space and being a cartoon villain is mm-hmm. hand mixing the audio for Get Smart, his favorite movie. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the Beesbos cut. And I I just need to get this dig in right now. He did not actually go to space. So yeah. I don't I don't want to give him that sa- sense of satisfaction. He took his metal penis just to the edge of space, but not really into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. It's a good dig. It's a good it's just fact. Mm-hmm. It's plain fact, folks. I know, you know, we're known for spitting true fire over here. Uh, exactly. But, you know, we calls them, we calls them like we sees them. The man didn't go to space. He just got near it, which, what what even is the point? Exactly. Yeah. Why are you going if you're not actually hitting space? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, pretty, pretty standard watch, other than the fact that I could barely see or hear what was happening in the movie. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I got to watch it at the, the kitchen table. I did spend a lot of time just looking outside instead of at the movie. But, you know, I, I still got what was going on. So yeah. don't, don't think that I... It was not a disrespectful watch, I'll say that. 
Okay, and you've seen this before, whereas this was sort of a virginal voyage, a maiden voyage for me. Right. So, yeah. 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 So I I think it's time let's let's hit the plot because I want to know what you thought of this. Okay, Sam, it's get smart. Mm-hmm. It's it's exactly like the sitcom from way back in the day. Uh, yes. Steve Carell plays an agent, Agent eighty six, I think. Yes. Uh, who was previously Maxwell Smart. Maxwell Smart, who is previously an analyst uh, and then does pass the field exam. And then there is a big event where all of the field agents are revealed to their mm-hmm. enemy, the Chaos Agency. Um, yes. Yeah. And so we get a nice little hilarious montage of various agents around the world being shot, which mm-hmm. was pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, necessitating new field agents and so they only have two they've got Maxwell Smart who finally gets to become an agent and then uh, Annie Annie Hathaway's Mm -hmm. um, who is agent 99 who's recently had massive plastic surgery yes uh, and has a completely different face so nobody knows what she looks like so she gets to go out in the field too and they're gonna go try to shut down chaos which is Mm -hmm. selling nuclear weapons uh, to the highest bidder, which apparently is just every dictator on Earth. Mm-hmm. Seems good. Seems yeah. like a good plan. Good business model. Yeah, great business model. Uh, much demand. Very little supply. So, mm-hmm. anyway. And Maxwell Smart, of course, is not great at his job. He's not a very good field agent. That's where the hijinks uh, sort of lie. Um, they do some stuff. Yeah, go ahead. I. Uh- I don't. I, we'll talk about it later, but I I will quibble with that point. But do continue. You know what? I've got some quibbles myself actually about mm-hmm. that uh, versus the old TV show. I think that anyway, we'll talk about it. Yes. Um, they do eventually shut down chaos. Uh, it is revealed that the Rock's character, who is Agent Twenty Three, mm-hmm. uh, has been the mastermind behind this entire plot. So the Rock gets to play a villain. For the last half of this movie, which is yes. tons of fun. Oh God, it's so good. Yeah, and uh, they have a big showdown. They do manage to disarm a bomb that was set in the Disney Center in Los Angeles, where the president was visiting. Um, yeah, but mostly the plot is about them doing various spy stuff, mm-hmm. and Maxwell Smart sort of bumbling his way through. Annie Hathaway is slowly falling in love with Maxwell Smart, which I do want to talk about. Yes. Um, yeah, that's that's the gist of the plot, Sam. I like that my plots have gotten very lazy in season two. You know, I does anyone come here for the plot? I don't no, think so. Not a bit. If you do, don't at me because I am just too too tired after eighty something movies to break everything down into three acts. Yeah, uh, and absolutely don't at him because I'm the one who manages the social media and I don't want to <laughs> hear it. Yeah, completely fair. So, Sam, that's out of the way. What did you think of Get Smart? Man, I really love this movie. Really? Yeah, no matter how many times I watch it, I really, really enjoy it. Mm. Like, I wouldn't say it's the best movie I've ever seen or anything like that, but, man, it's fun. It's a fun time. You, You know, you don't really have to think. The For the most part, the gags still really work for me. And mm-hmm. I like everyone in it. You've got Steve Carell, you've got Annie Hathaway, you've got Dwayne Johnson, you got Alan fucking Arkin. Alan Arkin, everyone. <laughs> G- give it a round of applause. Alan Arkin's here. And it's Terry Crews is in here too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's insane how many people are in this movie, and they're all great. Yeah. Yeah, so, for sure. The cast is, is pretty lit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a very good time. Now, given your surprise, it sounds like maybe you didn't enjoy it? It's not that I didn't enjoy it. Well, for one, I did watch this sort of wild, tired, and not ready Mm -hmm. to consume. Because to part the kimono a little bit, this is movie number three that we've watched this week. (laughs) Um, Because we did do a double header on our Patreon. So, folks, go on over to patreon.com slash hanksypanksy. Chuck us some money. You can get access to all of our great content including our double feature where we did just watch castaway on the moon and 
uh, Crybaby. Crybaby. Yes, I blocked it from my memory. Um, <laughs> As well, you should. It's yeah. a it's a wild time, folks. I uh, I watched both of these movies in a row after driving two hundred miles, mm-hmm. and it shows. It does. It's a great episode. So again, patreon.com slash hanksypanksy. Um, anyway, it is movie number three we've had to watch this week. That's a lot of mm-hmm. movies for this project. Uh, so it's feeling it pretty <laughs> tired of watching movies. <laughs> it is five and a half hours of movies for one week. Yeah, when you put it like that. I mean, <laughs> the number of places I could fly to in five and a half hours... Yep. It's a it's a lot. So anyway, uh, not the greatest watch conditions. So it was fine. This movie is pretty mm-hmm. fun. Uh, it didn't. I was watching the clock a little bit, which uh, most recently I think Castaway on the Moon is the only movie in which I haven't done that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, even you know, again, even with a movie that I enjoy and that I've seen a few times, I did find myself kind of checking the time. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah, so I did I did some of that. But this movie was it was fun. It had some good beats, it had some great laughs mm-hmm. throughout it. Uh definitely some good goofs. Um yes. it was pretty good. It was a pretty good movie. Again, if I had to rank this with the other rock movies we've wa- we've watched, I'd put it probably smack dab in the middle or slightly above. Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think Definitely not the best rock movie we've seen, but it's up there for me right now. Yeah. And can I be honest for just a second? Mm-hmm. Could have done with a little bit more rock in this movie. Did need a little bit more Dwayne. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if you noticed, but he is credited Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. No rock. Good for him. Getting away from the wrestling moniker. Just yes. Dwayne Johnson. Good for Good that guy. Good job, man. Mm-hmm. Good fucking job. Very proud of him. Yeah. Um but yeah, we needed a bit more of him because his his entry into the movie is so fucking excellent. Mhm. Yeah. I just love it. He the it goes into slow-mo. He coolly strides into the control headquarters. He's the only person wearing a suit with no time. The buttons are undone just right. Mm-hmm. Uh he he does finger guns at the at I guess the secretary who catches it, kisses it, and then stuffs it down her cleavage, mm-hmm. which is exactly what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely no HR complaints related to any no, of that. No, none. That's yeah. just, that's common practice. Uh, and then he runs into a wall, and it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's a great entrance, and he's an extremely cool guy in this movie yes uh so i could have done with a little bit more of maybe if we'd seen him in the field a little bit uh Mm -hmm. that would have been really fun uh but i get that he's not the main character that maxwell smart is blah 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 uh but i just wanted to see him doing some fun archer style stuff out in the field Mm -hmm. agent 23 ripping it up yeah you know weirdly this is one that actually could have could have done with like a, a prequel yeah I would definitely be into that. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, in a lot of ways it would mirror Scorpion King, mm-hmm. where you get a prequel where the soon-to-be villain is the good guy. Yes. For sure. And then maybe we get some context on why mm-hmm. he did what he did, plus we get to see him being a total badass. Yeah. Yeah, So, uh, let's put it out there. Get Smart 2 the agent 23 chronicles mm-hmm. <laughs> oh wait no 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 the agent 23 files i feel like Ooh, that's more spycraft yes yeah we're now working on a spec script uh i expect that we'll we'll get some traction on this baby maybe in 2022 mm-hmm. get some funding uh get some film stock we'll get it together we we know people here's the thing mm-hmm. i legit think we could just email the concept of it to seven bucks productions mm-hmm. and and within two years we would see trailers for it yeah which would be truly amazing uh that that would really show one how great a guy dwayne johnson is that he reads all his emails and two mm-hmm. what fucking power we have uh, I know. with our great brain ideas do you think we would get a movie credit oh i think we'd both be executive producers 
oh fuck yeah yeah you know what would be incredible mm-hmm. is if instead of us getting credits the podcast got the credit oh executive producer hanksy panksy yes hanksy panksy podcast and then a link yeah uh so boy boy that would be our big break yeah or even better hanksy panksy presents uh get smart oh to the agent 23 files fuck that's that's powerful mm-hmm. yeah man w- wait mm-hmm. hanksy panksy podcast presents get smart to the agent 23 chronicles files a Dwayne Johnson movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we send all this in an email and we'll get it done <laughs> within a couple of years. Yeah. Um, oh, if you man. if you would like to present ideas for maybe what goes on and get smart too, uh, Hanksy Banksy presents Get Smart to the Agent Twenty Three Files a Dwayne Johnson movie. If you have ideas <laughs> about what could happen in the plot of that, please email them to us. Sam, what's our email again? <laughs> Uh, it is uh, hanksypanksypod at gmail.com. Yeah, please send those ideas. We'll be sending this uh, initial outline over to Dwayne probably yeah. in the next couple of weeks. So, Yeah. yeah. I, you know, I figure it'll be flavors of um, The Man from Uncle and Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Ooh, yeah. Sort of a more dramatic outing. I guess I've not actually seen either movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, you definitely picked the most dour British spy film that ever existed. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Because The Man from Uncle had Henry Cavill in it, right? Yeah, that one was actually very fun. So you kind now, of split the, you know, you, you really got a 10 7 split <laughs> on this one. Now, here's the thing I don't know if you know this. But Dwayne's Dwayne's agent is also Henry Cavill's agent, mm. and so can you imagine? Hanksy Panksy Podcast presents Get Smart Two: The Agent Twenty Three Files, a Dwayne Johnson movie, mm-hmm. uh, has Henry Cavill in it, and we get those two just beefsters <laughs> in one movie. <laughs> yeah, and maybe we get a little uh, smooch in action like we did in this movie. Oh God! Dwayne, I wish Dwayne Johnson smooching. Do you uh, do you know that they at every screening they would have to like have like pe- people selling like backup pants with all the creamed jeans in the mm-hmm. audience. <laughs> tickets, get your tickets here and your spare jeans. Get your mm-hmm. spare jeans, all sizes. <laughs> yeah, you'll need them. You'll mm-hmm. need them. We we covered all the seats with plastic because we knew. <laughs> well, Sam, that's all very good. But uh, what else do you have on this movie? What'd you what'd you sort of think about it? Let's see. Um, let me let me see here. I okay. I really like the music. Okay. I thought the music in this movie's really fun. I don't know why, but I really enjoy it. Now we actually what we should probably talk about is our earlier quibble because you said that he is that Steve Carell agent 86 is an ineffectual agent yeah but he's actually shown to be pretty goddamn good yeah it's just I turned to my roomie at one point and said it is not that he's a bad agent he just has the worst luck on the planet yes that's it yeah it's like um it's like the guy in doom Mm-hmm. Um, obliterator or whatever his name was, and he's he's an action hero with bad luck. Yeah, basically, because he just does stuff and then shit goes wrong mm-hmm. on him. Uh, like there's a great scene when he's in an airplane bathroom, which actually doubles as an ejection chute. Mm-hmm. There's some parachutes in the wall, and he's trying to unhandcuff himself. Uh, yes. Because he was taking gum off of his shoe, and then he was arrested by a marshal because they thought he had a a bomb. He Um, was taking gum off his shoe with a match, which which I love. Yeah, seems inadvisable. Um, Yeah, but post nine eleven world would not do it. Yeah, and he accidentally hits the ejection switch uh, just because there's a thing he's firing at his handcuffs that ricochets off and hits the ejection thing. And then sends him spiraling down towards Earth. It wasn't his fault. No. Uh, yeah. Or another time when he's going through this beaded curtain 
And apropos of nothing, the beads all just fall off of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Or um, when he's going through that laser grid mm-hmm. and he's doing a brilliant job and then a rat crawls into his suit. Yeah. You can't account doing, for that shit. Yeah. He was doing better than Annie Hathaway's. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then and then that rat gets in there. That's not his fault. Mm-mm. Ain't no, yeah. Again, you can't plan for rat. No. Ain't no ain't no accounting for rat when you're trying to get through a laser grid. Not at all. And and see, I think the key, what kind of puts him over the top is clearly he's got some of the physical abilities and even some of the combat abilities cuz cuz we do see him in like a shooting range like sort of a paintball match and he does pretty well. Yeah. He's got the smarts because he's the only person who reads the reports that granted he writes but he knows all this information, and nobody else does, and so mm-hmm. he can manipulate the situation as best he can. Yeah. Yeah, man. He's, he's great at his job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I have I have a smattering of thoughts I'd like to just fire off at you really quick, Sam, and some of these are yeah, really sure. burning me up. Okay, so, yeah, go for it. This movie has your favorite thing in the world, uh, at least I'm pretty sure, which is... Old man fight. Old man fight. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, we don't get enough of it, but we do get a good old man fight. Alan Arkin and the vice president. Yeah, just duking it out uh, with mm-hmm. some great lines because the vice president stands up and says, like, I got a new pacemaker. I can go all day. <laughs> so good. <laughs> And then they proceed to beat the shit out of each other. Uh, just these two two elderly gentlemen. Later on in the movie, uh, Alan Arkin does acts just like smack a dude in the face. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe it's a U.S. Marshal or somebody that's given him some guff, and he don't take yes. that from these whippersnappers. Mm-mm. No sir. He's got some serious old man fight vibes, and I loved it. Yeah, I mean that could be sort of the third movie in the trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um. Hanksy <laughs> Banksy Podcast presents Get Smart Get three. Smart Three Chief Fights. Chief Fights. Yeah. An Alan Arkin film. Yeah. Yeah, man. We'll send an email to him as well. We'll just fire <laughs> off a bunch of these. Um Yeah, so that really got me. There's a great joke in this movie too, which is when Alan Arkin lands a plane next to the disney center uh and then we cut away briefly to the valets the valets uh-huh uh excuse me valets not valets yeah uh, this is an archer there no. <laughs> <laughs> uh but we cut to the valets who are looking at each other like i don't know man i don't know how we're gonna park that thing mm-hmm. and it really got me i it's, guffawed it's quite so loud. good yeah they, i mean honestly there's some really great gags in this um yeah one of my favorites, and actually my wife's favorite, is uh, so Steve Carell gets uh, like arrested basically uh, and treated like he's a double agent or something. He escapes and then he gets all the way from DC to uh, LA where Alan Arkin and Dwayne and Annie Hathaway are. And uh, they ask him, like, how did you get here so fast? And he freezes, and then it cuts to him in a <laughs> fighter jet, barfing his guts out, and then he, s- he asks if he can get another barf bag as he squeezes it, and it looks like just loose refried beans pouring <laughs> over, and then it cuts right back to Steve, and he goes, I'd rather not say. Yeah. And Excellent it's, it's gag. it's such a great gag. Mm-hmm. Truly excellent. Well, I don't know if you saw, but Mel Brooks was a consultant. Yeah, I did movie. see that. Yeah, uh, and it explains a lot because it's it's got some of those great, great like Mel Brooks sorts of sorts of lines in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love it. And then I will say, I will say some of the jokes have not aged terribly well. There's yeah. a lot of fat phobic stuff in here. For sure, definitely some fat shaming. A hundred percent. But it also gets a little subversive with it. Like, there's mm. the scene uh, where he dances with, like, the, the heavyset woman. Yeah. And it's, you know, played for laughs at first because he asks someone to dance and he's standing in front of these, like, rail-thin models. And then they're like, no, I wouldn't dance with you. And he says, I'm, I wouldn't 
I wasn't talking to you. And then they part ways and it's this heavy set woman. And it's like, oh, ha, ha, ha. But she's an incredible fucking dancer. Yeah. And they have a great little dance routine. I did. Mm-hmm. I have a quibble with this scene. Okay. I mean, outside of the obvious fat phobic issues right. that yeah. it presents. Which is that at one point he, she does a jump and he lifts her. Mm-hmm. Showing that Maxwell Smart is apparently very strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later he knocks out a sort of heavier set gentleman, which again, they're playing for laughs and he has to move him to use his yes. eyeball to get past a door. Cause he's been captured by chaos and he st- really struggles to move this guy. So p- pick a fucking lane, get smart. Well, maybe the guy, um, was loaded up with like lead maybe he <laughs> ate a lot of lead blocks and so yeah. it wasn't necessarily the shape but the density yeah that could be or maybe he's one of these people that wears like fitness weights you know like mm. weights you can strap around yes. your body and your ankles and stuff to really like give yourself a workout as you go around, go about your day yeah he's got an extra like 250 pounds on him yeah just from vests and ankle weights and whatnot yeah this guy's ripped that's what we Mm -hmm. don't see is that (laughs) (laughs) from doing this day after day the man is just absolutely shredded yes yes um okay so like right before that scene um is another one of my favorite gags which is um he's breaking into this like yellow cake uranium refining facility that's hidden in a Moscow bakery mm-hmm. and uh, he runs into like who we think is the main villain and he introduces himself as uh, Nutnik Spilkis mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so good yeah I wish that uh, were a thing throughout other movies. Like, Nutnik Spilkis was, like, like the Wilhelm scream. Like, you just <laughs> try to include Nutnik Spilkis in your movie. Yeah. Every yeah. movie's got to have at least one Nutnik Spilkis. <laughs> Even if it's just, like, a sign somewhere that's, like, Spilkis dry cleaning or something. Mm-hmm. That would be... <laughs> that would please me greatly. Oh, uh, it, it would be so good. Um... So, let's see. There's a there's a part where Dwayne does imply that Anne Hathaway is not very feminine. Yes. And this is insane to me. Yeah. Yeah, tell me more about that. So, he's uh, getting away with the nuclear football, and... I'm sorry, the he, nuclear football, as the president yes, would call it. Yes, I'm very sorry. As our clearly... George W. Bush type president mm-hmm. says um, and we do get a good line from Alan Arkin who just goes nuclear <laughs> um, yeah but so no, Dwayne so has the nuclear football nuclear football and he's tied up uh, Anne Hathaway in, in the back of his SUV uh, which is like a truck so yeah. it's okay for him to drive it <laughs> and uh, they used to date, and he's he's talking about something about how she could be a little more feminine. Yeah. And, uh, Dwayne, this is insane. Yeah. It's Anne Hathaway. Yeah. She's... Um, yeah. She's great. Mm-hmm. I think what he's really trying to say, but he didn't have the language for it, is that Annie Hathaway's is a power top. Mm. Um... Yeah, and you, and you think uh, Dwayne here prefers to top? Yeah, I think that's. But he he will bottom for love. Um, yeah, I so gotcha. I think I think what really happened here is that he was expressing his desire to use some of his own top energy. But in comparison, he's definitely the beta to Anne Hathaway's right. powerful strap-on energy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, which now well, that I'm saying it out loud, Annie Hathaway's does have some serious top energy. She does. Mm-hmm. She does. I'd let her. Uh, I mean, <laughs> uh, er. <laughs> uh, uh, okay, uh, we'll fix that in post, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> With um, the copious amounts of editing that I do for this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Now, this movie does accurately depict the only way to stop Dwayne Johnson. Oh, and how's that? A train. (laughs) (laughs) Train and fire simultaneously, because the car's on fire, and it does sort of explode into a big fiery ball when the train hits it. Yeah. Uh, I think, much like Chucky, the only way to truly get rid of him is to burn him to a crisp (laughs) and to smash him to pieces. Yes, exactly. Um, so what other, you got any other thoughts? Yeah, um, let me think really quick. Um, Patrick Warburton's in this briefly Mm -hmm. at the very end as a robot, which was fantastic. So good. They clearly set this up for a sequel and Sam, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't believe they made a sequel. I don't believe so. Which is Uh, gotta be. Which is where yeah. we come in yeah, that's where we come in but it's got to be heartbreaking for patrick warburton because you you know you get set up for this great role to be a robot uh, yes a kick-ass spy robot in the next movie and then it just doesn't happen so i know it's a it's a damn shame because he had a lot of promise mm-hmm. and some really good goofs uh because terry cruz and the other guy are making fun of him and then they punch him in the stomach and uh presumably he breaks his hand because uh, mm-hmm. he has made it. He's the man of steel. Um, yes. Let's see. What else do I have? Um, what's the deal with uh, Dalip's relationship? With his wife? Yeah. Dalip is a henchman of Siegfried, who is the guy we assume to be the bad guy. Um, but Right. Uh, Maxwell Smart, through some of the surveillance that he's done, has discovered that he's got quite a relationship going on with his wife and his s- wife's sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it sounds like a really challenging relationship because clearly uh, Dalip has to travel a lot for mm-hmm. work. Yeah. Um, and, and it sounds like he's away from home a whole lot. And... You know, his wife misses him. You know, yeah. she she married him for a reason. She wants to spend time with him. And he's gone so often. It's just, you know, how do you maintain a relationship like that? Yeah. When uh, he's traveling around the world, implanting bombs into the Disney Center or throwing yeah, people off of rooftops. People. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, what are you supposed to do? And and then she's got this sister who clearly does not like Delimp, even though he's Shown to be, you know, a pre- pretty emotionally in touch man, mm-hmm. um, sensitive, uh, and and is really hurt by by the things that his sister in law says. Yeah, and so you know, surely you know he's gone so often, and and the sister in law is you know whispering in Zanep's ear, uh, you know that Dilly doesn't love her, that that you know that's why he's not around, and it. As as uh, Steve Carell says, she's really undermining their relationship. Yeah, yeah, agreed. I think that's that's a good breakdown of what's happening with Dalip, and I feel for the guy. You know, he's mm-hmm. got a he's got a lot on his plate uh, to sort of work out both on the professional front because he does chuck Siegfried out of a car and into the river yes. at the end of the movie. So now he's got to you know he's got to jump on Indeed, and with that skill set, mm-hmm. it's going to be hard to find you know the perfect it job. It is. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know, you know who could probably help him out. Who's that? Zip Recruiter. That's right, folks. <laughs> Zip Recruiter. Uh, it's a. It's actually a genuinely horrible way to get a job. I gotta tell you, I used Zip Recruiter for a while, and man, it it served me up the shittiest mit- matches I've ever seen. Uh, so, you know, maybe it could help Dalip, but probably not. Uh, yeah. And that's going to be an even bigger strain on his relationship with his wife, Zanette. Um, can we talk about Steve Carell's incredibly powerful kegels? Okay. You, well, you've introduced it now, and now I'm desperate to talk about whatever this is. So, yeah. Well, we've got a scene where he's at uh, the restaurant in Minsk. Mm-hmm. And um, oh. he goes to pee. Yes. And there are these two, you know, henchmen talking in the bathroom, and he keeps pausing his urine stream to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the fucking pelvic floor strength that this guy must have. Yeah. Uh, to be able to stop midstream, and then restart, and then stop again. I mean, he stops a good five to six times. Yeah. 
and oh more than that even i think because it's yeah. it's an extended piss sequence which folks mm-hmm. here at hanksy panksy i feel like we've become just experts on extended piss sequences oh yeah uh, yep. that's I mean that's basically what we could put as the description of the podcast. Hanksy Panksy, a <laughs> podcast that is an extended piss sequence. For explanations, see Tom Hanks movies. Mm-hmm. Uh not sure why. A lot of pissing. Yeah. I mean, this guy's got a perineum of steel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was waiting for them to be like, Are you okay? And then he had it, I'm sure, just locked and loaded where he could turn around and be like, yeah, my prostate, you know? Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? Yeah. Because, again, the man's prepared, so you know he would have had an answer locked and loaded. Yeah. Uh, Just maybe maybe he would have been like, I can't control it. It just does this all the time. And then he would have pissed on the floor right in front of him. Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) With his his dick in his hands, just... And then, you know, 30 seconds later, he'd stop. It was also a lot of piss. Yeah. Yeah. Man had been saving this up for quite some time. I mean, you got to jump out of an airplane. There's no time to sort of whiz before that. No. Uh, of course And then not. you're in rural, 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 what, Russia. Rural. That's ho- rural Russia. Uh, not a lot of good bathroom break opportunities. You know, there's no. not like a like a Bucky's nearby or something where you can slide in and get you some petrol and have a nice pee. Maybe get a Cinnabon. Oh boy. If there were just mm-hmm. one Bucky's in Russia, that would be something, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their weird experiment in the Russian uh, economy, just trying to, just seeing if it works, testing mm-hmm. the markets. Yeah, Bucky's found only in Texas and outside of Minsk. <laughs> <laughs> for all your trucking needs uh, mm-hmm. both Russian and domestic um, <laughs> and Texan and Texan um, yeah let me see what else I got on this movie um, who put Bill Murray in a tree and why is Bill Murray in a tree you know what to be perfectly honest I think that was just Bill Murray I don't, mm. I don't think he was playing a character I think Bill Murray just hangs out in a tree in the National Mall yeah. Uh, and I think they just happened to be filming on location. And, <laughs> and he popped his little face out of that tree and said, hey, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, uh, do you, do you want to be in this? And he said, sure. I'm not doing yeah. anything. Yeah, man. And, uh, and so all those lines where he was like, nobody wants to talk to the guy in the tree. That was true. <laughs> I mean, he was really feeling that. <laughs> Yeah, sort of his career taking a weird a weird turn towards the end here. Uh, uh, you we're talking about Bill Murray. I don't think his career has ever not had a weird turn. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, but you gotta admit, hanging out in trees with portholes for your face. It's a hey, it's a new one. But he does often just show up places. Yeah. Uh, it also leads to a great gag when uh, clearly Bill Murray wants someone to talk to him in his tree. Which, as you've pointed out, was just Bill Murray uh, mm-hmm. doing his thing. But uh, Maxwell Smart is walking away, and he's like, will you will you come back? Will you come back this direction? <laughs> and Steve Carell does what all of us would do, which is just go, yeah, man, sure, mm-hmm. I'll do it. To which Bill Murray, like an asshole, says, yeah, what time? Uh, which is such a power move to be like. <laughs> it is. <laughs> you going to come to my party? Yeah, probably. Okay, what time, asshole? When are you yeah. going to show up? Because Bill Murray's been lied to enough times. He knows. Mm-hmm. He knows it's a lie. And so he's tired of it. And he's going to fucking call him on it. Yeah. Exactly. So some real energy there. Yes. Um. Yeah, Sam. I've got a few more thoughts about this movie. But uh, maybe we should head somewhere first. Yeah. So um, the weird thing is uh, when I, when I arrived at undisclosed location... Um, there was actually a lot of yellow cake uranium, mm. and I was I was thinking maybe we could sell some of this for some rock stocks. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Probably yeah. against a lot of uh, international conventions, but uh, you know eh. that's that's us. That's our style. Yeah, not my fucking problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so let's go buy some rock stocks. Sounds good.
So, Luke, there was a nice little rock smooch in this. Yeah. So, uh, Worlds Colliding, my WWE and uh, The Office fan fiction sort of coming to life right mm-hmm. before my eyes, Sam. We do get yeah. Steve Carell just absolutely smooching, giving, uh, giving Dwayne a nice big old French kiss right at the end of this movie. Yeah, laying one right on him. Mm-hmm. And do you think he liked it? Uh, who who would be the antecedent of that? Both. Both. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, for just to put it out there, I definitely enjoyed it. Well, of uh, course. I've, yeah. I mean, Luke, I've read all your Office WWE fan fiction, and it is both disgusting and descriptive. Yeah. Uh, you know, I try to hit both goalposts every time <laughs> I leave the house to write some of that fanfic. Um... Yeah, I think I think mutual joy was had by all in this encounter. I think even in the plot narrative of this, I think so. He's doing it to surprise Dwayne because Dwayne is in the process of killing him yeah. or something. I forget exactly. He's got him penned somehow. Yeah. Um, and Steve Carell sort of does this. Uh, Maxwell Smart does this to sort of throw him, throw Agent Twenty Three off his game. Uh, but I think what they discovered that day is uh, this is the real love interest of the movie. We're just mm-hmm. not given enough time to explore it because Dwayne Johnson does explode probably right. five minutes later. See, I, I think it's a... I think you're right. I think that this was sort of a simmering thing, but I also think that this was written into the movie later because on set that they had sort of a thing going. Mm, some real chemistry going on. Yes, Mm-hmm. I think, you know, they expected, you know, like a nice sort of kiss scene between Steve and, and Annie Hathaway. Mm-hmm. But um, I I think while he got along fine with, with Anne, uh, he just really hit it off more with Dwayne. And I think they really had like a like a really sort of hot kind of kind of dynamic between the two of them. Mm, yeah. Um, like they were always finding them in each other's trailer and stuff like that. Yeah. And so I I think they said we we got to write a smooch into this. <laughs> uh, otherwise they're just going to do it anyway. Yeah. And it won't we, make sense. We got to get this on camera. We got to get this this just raging chemistry onto yeah. the film. Yeah. I think so, so. So yeah, I I think it was kind of the Dwayne and Steve kind of forced the the director's hand on yeah. that one. Makes sense to me, and it is very good. So it's it so is, good. It is weird to watch a movie and see a scene like that and know that for someone specifically, not saying it was me, but for somebody out there, that was like you. Yeah, uh, they've got a gif of that, and that is all they spank it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Luke, where do you keep that uh, that file? Oh, it's deep, deep into a folder that's labeled taxes. Mm, um, interesting. Which no one would ever go poking around, and so it's sort of uh, deeply hidden amongst a bunch of other dummy text files and PDFs. Mm. Uh, and then there's a single GIF. Yeah. See, I would have guessed that you, you'd keep that basically right right on your desktop as often as you're going back to it. Mm. Yeah, well, it is. It, you know what? I'm not ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. But it isn't everyone's cup of tea, and it's difficult to explain. So I do sort of have to hide it. Uh, you know, that's fair. That yeah. makes some sense. Because, you know, the in-laws come over. They're on your desktop. They're they're playing Call of Duty right. 2042. And uh, mm-hmm. they're taking a, break. <laughs> taking a break from raging, just pona noobs. And they check out your desktop. You know, it's kind of hard to explain why I have, uh, you know, the climaxinducer.gif, and it is uh, just Steve Carell straight smooching uh, Dwayne Johnson. So, yeah, yeah. So, so they finish, you know, murdering goblins in Call of Duty 2042, mm-hmm. and uh, and they close out, and they they need a cool down, so to speak, and they see cumgun.gif. <laughs> And they go, well, this this seems like maybe what I could use to to sort of kind of hit my peak and then and then kind of calm down after after so many great rounds of of killing all these goblins and wizards. Yeah. 
and uh, and they seen just Steve and Dwayne just yeah. macking. Yep. And and yep. it throws them through a loop, and they get really angry. I, I see why you'd hide it. Yeah, and every part of me, every single fiber of my body right now is resisting the urge to Google cum gun just to see what pops up. <laughs> I'll do it. I'm on an unsecured network up here. Yeah, so. which hopefully they're monitoring with some kind of traffic analyzer so that you can really spike their data right here. Cum gun. I hope there's a product. That's what I'm hoping for. Now, there is an FPS sex game called Come and Gun. Hmm. That's a that's a twist. And uh, there's an entry on Urban Dictionary. <laughs> would you would you like to hear that? I don't know. Is it too much for our podcast? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> when your dick is harder than a diamond in an ice storm, and your member is hot and loaded for that sweet, <laughs> sweet puss, and you shoot your baby batter at a designated target with supreme accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Some of these are. Some of these are fucking wild yeah um yeah maybe we best leave that for the discerning customer at home if you want to go explore the internet for cum gun now there's a whole thing on Pornhub for cum cum gun now that I would believe oh here's here's one of a man using a theragun on his penis and that's kind of horrible (laughs) just punching it into submission Oh, here's um, another. Good lord, stop doing that. That's too much. Yeah. Sam, There's a third. <laughs> I'm afraid, four. I'm afraid we've opened a real can of worms here, and I would very much like to back out of it. Yeah, I do feel like maybe Theragun should just rebrand to the cum gun, but, <laughs> uh, you know. What do we know? So, yeah, let's, let's pivot after, oh, I wasn't even in incognito mode. <laughs> I wondered. You just went straight <laughs> <Shit>. for it. <laughs> well, whatever. Um, so there are a lot of gadgets in this movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of gadgets. And Luke, I think maybe we should come up with some gadgets. Okay. Uh, that perhaps we could use in our own life or that we think uh, could benefit some spy work. Okay. So... I just want to kind of try to figure out some some new gadgets. You you think you think we could brainstorm some of those? I think we definitely could. What you what you got right off the dome? You got anything cooking? I think a cum gun. So let me explain. <laughs> <laughs> now the cum gun is uh it is a weapon, and it's like a super soaker, but it is filled with horse semen. Oh no! And um. <laughs> Let me finish, uh, which is, in fact, the, the the tagline of the cum gun. And it's used to blind opponents. Mm. Uh, so so it's kind of got a locking me- me- uh, mechanism on it, sort of like a smart bomb. Yeah. And so it will lock in on, on your assailant's eyes, and you fire, and it just, I mean, it a good thick rope <laughs> of horse cum right into the eyes. <laughs> To both blind and horrify your opponents. Mm-hmm. It is it is chemical and psychological warfare. Yeah. Um, well, I got two two sort of ideas okay. for you. Um, I think the first one is really straightforward. It's brown note headphones. Ooh, that's good. Which is, they're exactly like Beats. They look exactly like Beats. Uh, but on the side, instead of the big B, it's got just, it says brown. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you can get someone to put these on, maybe as a ruse, maybe like, hey, check out this podcast I'm starting to listen to, you know, put mm-hmm. these on. Uh, it does make you just insta shit your pants. Uh, Ooh, that's good. Like you've never shat them before. Oh, yeah. that's that's fucking phenomenal, man. I think I think the CIA is going to want that one. Yeah, honestly, I think Goop will, too, because I think we can label it as a colonic cleanse. Yes. Uh, absolutely goop would take that or yeah. our new company poop poop yeah again check out the patreon to to learn more about our new health focused enterprise poop mm-hmm. um yeah so i've got that going on and then i think a more useful gadget 
mm-hmm. the incognito umbrella. Um, Ooh. And let me explain. Because in this movie, yeah. we see this hypothetical device called the Cone of Silence that, like, erects a force field around people. Yes. And sort of silences whatever it is they're talking about and presumably keeps others from listening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we extend this to your, your online privacy Ooh, as okay. well. So I think the incognito... So right, you know, just a few minutes ago, when you were sort of doing the dirty deed of looking for cum gun on the internet... Yeah, and did um, stumble on some bad, bad stuff that's never going to leave my brain. Yeah, I think if you'd had the incognito umbrella, you pop that baby open, you got an instant VPN, you've got a sort of a cone of silence blocking out your, your audible activity. Uh, uh, oh, okay. And it instantly just throws every single electronic device you've got into incognito mode uh, and beyond. It's like a beyond incognito mode where not only is all of your data not kept, but it is immediately scrubbed the second it hits the incognito umbrella. I love this, man. Yeah. The incognito umbrella is incredible. Yeah. It does oh. have one major major design flaw, though. Oh? Which is that once this kind of becomes known, you know, you're sitting in a cafe and you pop open the incognito umbrella. Uh, mm-hmm. Everyone kind of knows what it is that you're doing inside your yeah. own little domain there. There is that. Um, I do think maybe uh, one thing that we could kind of add into it mm-hmm. is that it disguises your face. Oh. So that if you do this in public, uh, yeah, people are going to know what you're up to, but they're not going to know who you are. Yeah. I, I think maybe we can shell out some, like, in-app purchases for it, too. So maybe, like, you you pay a little extra and we can make your face look like Timothy Chalamet or something. Ooh, yeah, or a cat. Yeah. <laughs> Add some filters, mm-hmm. Snapchat-style filters to this. Yes, yeah. yes, incredible. Yeah. I love it. Um, I actually have one more. Okay, yeah, hit me with that. Self-wetting socks. And so, I think this is kind of like your brown note headphones, mm-hmm. where you you trick you know a, a baddie to to wear these socks, and then you have a detonator, <laughs> and at any moment you press that detonator, and it soaks the socks and ruins their day. Because mm, ain't nothing worse than having wet socks, man. No, I mean, and like, how are you gonna do your terrorism with wet socks? Mm-hmm. It's you might get the job done, but it's gonna be begrudgingly, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be very distracted the entire time. Yeah. Plus, I mean, if they're in a crowded area, and you know, trying to you know set up a bomb or something like that, and you hit hit your detonator. And then you just hear from the middle of a crowd, Oh, my socks! <laughs> Damn it! They're all wet! Yeah. There you go. That's I brilliant. Mean, yeah. You found your terrorist. Mm-hmm. God, you I love that. You saved the day. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I think... I, I mean, do you have any other gadgets? Well, The Rock's hair is very hard in this movie. Did you notice mm. that? Oh, yes, I did. I think maybe hair shield hairspray, bulletproof hairspray could be interesting. Can I uh, toss up a name for you? Yes, please. The Hermit. Oh, The Hermit. It's extremely good. Uh, Sharks were looking for $2 million for The Hermit. We don't know what applications it's going to have, but it did seem to work for Agent 23 in this movie. So Yeah, anytime you specifically need bullets to bounce off your hair, yeah. you need the hermit. And I put it to you, did he get shot in the head during this movie? <laughs> uh, he did not. He did not, so, you know. And he clearly didn't fear it. Mm-hmm, yeah. This was he a was guy who, who, unlike everyone else on screen, was not worried about getting shot in the head. Yeah. And you could tell everybody else. I mean, the, it was a great acting job from everyone because you could tell just simmering right under the surface. They were all scared. <laughs> I'm going to get my fucking head blown off. Yeah. But not Dwayne. He had the hermit. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. Well, Luke, I think I think that's going to do it for this week. Nice. Uh, so I think it is time to look to next week. Uh, where we will be watching 2009's Race to Witch Mountain. Have you seen this one? (laughs) 
I have seen portions of this movie. Really? I've not seen the entire thing, but I have seen pieces of it through television, I think, just flicking through okay. the channels. So I think I'm disqualified. But okay. uh, I would very much love to hear what you think it is if you haven't seen it. I have not. So I'm going to guess that The Race to Witch Mountain is a movie in which Dwayne Johnson is a wizard mm-hmm. who is trans and mm-hmm. he wants to be a witch but okay. he can't do that you can't transition from being a wizard uh, to a witch without visiting witch mountain okay and it can the powers of witch mountain can only be used uh, once a decade oh uh, really restrictive uh, sort very, of healthcare very rights restricted. There, not great yeah it's it's I think it's sort of an allegory for kind of the the healthcare system that we've got and how it treats uh, trans individuals. Yeah. Um, and so he is racing a bunch of other wizards uh, and a bunch of bigots who want to destroy Witch Mountain mm. uh, because they they're massive transphobes, and uh, and so this is this is the Rock, uh, really getting into like a deep sort of social justice dramatic persona mm-hmm. um, and I, I think he he really does a great job on this one it's not funny at all mm-hmm. it's um, it's very adult very mature uh, and I mean really grapples with some heavy duty stuff uh, in 2009 pretty early too yeah kind of pre the popular narrative yeah uh about all mm-hmm. this yeah now it is pretty problematic because as we all know Dwayne Johnson is very much a, a heterosexual cis man yeah uh, so it's it's not the optics aren't great yeah <laughs> but I think I think they had a, a lot of trans people on the on the um, in the cast mm-hmm. and I think this was mostly a ploy to try to make that sort of trans narrative a little more palatable, a little more approachable to the public, which yeah. is a little problematic, but, you know, it's 2009. Yeah. What else and are they working with? I'm pretty sure it's Disney as well. So, you know, for Disney, yeah. really taking a swing, mm-hmm. uh, considering, you know, how little they like to tread in these waters. Right. So I think that's what uh, Race to Witch Mountain is. Well... <laughs> like i said taking a big swing uh i guess we'll find out next week if you're right or not Uh, i'll tell you luke Mm -hmm. this is the most confident i've ever been about a movie (laughs) prediction (laughs) well i hope you won't be bitterly disappointed i guess we'll find out next week for sure oh i will i will be very disappointed in fact if i find out um that uh that this is this is not what race to witch mountain is i think i'm gonna jump into this valley yeah well you hate to hear it but i think mm-hmm. i think you'll be maybe you'll be pleasantly surprised <laughs> let's stay on the side of optimism here okay okay you know that's probably good um well uh folks thanks for listening to another episode of hanksy panksy you can find us on facebook at hanksy panksy podcast you can find us on twitter at hanksy panksy you can find us on instagram at hanksy panksy pod and once again you can send us an email at hanksy panksy pod at gmail.com please send us a uh, sort of a plot outline for uh hanksy panksy podcast presents get smart to the agent 23 files a dwayne johnson film um, so we can send that along to Seven Bucks Productions and really get that going. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and please sign up for the Patreon. Chuck us some money. Get up over on the Patreon. That's uh, Patreon.com/slash/HanksyPanksy. We've got a lot of great content up there. You're really gonna enjoy the double feature in which I am barely, barely awake. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and it's you know it's a good time. Some interesting movies this time around. And you know you chuck us uh, ten bucks a month or more, and you can pick out the movie that we will watch. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can and, have the power. Yes, you can inflict upon us whatever you like. And uh, and you know on that note, if you chuck us fifteen dollars a month, much like big dicked, huge bald, incredible incredible cum gun of a man tuck 
Uh, just an absolute legend of a guy. Uh, you give us 15 bucks a month like this guy, and we'll shout you out and talk about how big your peener is. Uh, just like Tux, just uh, incredible. He actually has to register his cum gun as a weapon. So, uh, we'll, you know, we'll we'll shout out your peener or whatever other you know piece of your anatomy yeah. or personality you want us to shout out. Yeah, uh, not restricted uh, just to peeners. Yeah, not not at all. We are inclusive uh, yeah. on this podcast. It's just Tuck never said, and so I decided I was just going to talk about his hulking cum gun. <laughs> so, uh. Yeah, also, uh, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps us out. Share us with a friend. That helps, too. And Luke. Yeah. You, you got that final quote for me? I do, indeed. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's said by Maxwell Smart. It is, Chris Kringle, fish sticks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Well, folks, that'll do it for us this week. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode of Hanksy Panksy. Uh, rock bottom. We will be back next week with Race to Witch Mountain.